You're struggling with this thing. You struggle with it, and it has been beating you. It has been holding you down. You struggle with it by day. You struggle with it by night. So let's deal with it. And now for the ultimate bad boy. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because, brother, you need the Word. And our scripture for today, Romans chapter 7, beginning with the 18th verse. And this is the New Living Translation. And I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all of my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law. But because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. And today's message is simply entitled, The ultimate bad boy. The ultimate bad boy. I was at a company meeting years ago, and we had a guest speaker come in, and the audience was about 75% women. And he asked the women a question. He said, how many of you all want just a really nice, kind, sweet man. And a few of the hands in the audience went up. And I'm looking out over the group. Why aren't all the women raising their hands? Did they want a kind, nice, sweet man? And then he asked the second question. How many of you want a thug? And all of the rest of the hands went up. And I'm saying, what in the world? Why would these women not want a kind, sweet, gentle man? But most of the hands went up when the speaker asked, how many of you want a thug? And so... Many hands went up. 
if I had not have been there, if I had not have seen it with my own eyes, no one could have convinced me that most of the women would raise their hand when asked the question, how many of you want a thug? Now, I don't know, maybe our demographics in the company, maybe because we had a lot of women who worked in the plant and they worked on the line and they lived in a certain, maybe their mentality was a little bit different, but I am just not sure that even some of the highest educated, some of the richest folks, some of the people in the highest societies, we just got finished reading a book in our corporation called My Name is Barbara, which was the autobiography and her story of Barbara Streisand. And Barbara Streisand, who she's ranked as one of the three best voices in history, super actress, all of these accolades, Oscars, Emmys, all this stuff, and And yet she said with her relationship, she just had a tendency to want a thug. She didn't call it a thug, but that's what it was. She said, all of these men who were good for me, who were nice, who liked me, somehow I just wasn't drunk. I like the bad boys. And I'm here to tell you today about the ultimate, the ultimate, Bad boy. From a September 2023 article in Psychology Today, it says here are three secrets behind the bad boy's persistent appeal. We don't like to be played, but we still secretly crave the player. So many of us want a thug. We still secretly crave the player. Secret number one is the fine line between confidence and conceit. Have you ever found yourself drawn to someone who is rebellious, enigmatic, meaning mysterious, and then often turbulent? You're not by yourself, says psychology today. For generations, people have been fascinated by the allure of the bad boy archetype. Despite being well aware of the potential pitfalls, many find themselves irresistibly attracted to individuals with objectionable yet attractive personalities. What it is about bad boys or bad girls that makes them so magnetic. In the last sermon called Away Addictions, I listed the 18 most addictive foods. Number one was pizza. There's no one eating a pizza that's, you know, got this much cheese on it. It's just loaded with cheese, loaded with bread, loaded with salt, loaded with all this pepperoni, loaded with all this stuff. There's nobody who doesn't know that's not good for them. Nobody picks up a slice of the cheese just dripping off and pulling away like glue. No one puts that in their mouth and thinks to them, say, Woo, I'm really doing my heart good with this. <laughs> the bad boys of food, we obviously know, but why? And then they had the 17 least addictive foods. And I think number one was cucumber. But cucumber's good for you. Why can't cheese, pepperoni, pizza 
be as attractive to us as cucumber. Just doesn't work like there's something in the nature. I send a daily health report to my accountability partner. And I also send one to my good baby. She's not my accountability partner, but I send her my daily report. I call it the daily health report, but it's the things God has told me to do about getting into bed on time, doing my prayer, doing my study. And then I've got a few lines. I've got one of them, have I abstained from sweets today? And I got a little check mark that says yes. Then I got another side that says no. And if no, what did you eat? So I put the other day, I had to check no. And then under what did you eat? I had two boxes of goobers. <laughs> and then I have, towards the end of my daily report, this is why it's good to be accountable, so you can see your own self. I have five things that I am thankful for and I feel blessed with for today. And I will name five things. That's why you have to keep your blessings in front of you. And one of those five things for that day, I put... I really enjoyed those goobers. Because I did. And I had two boxes. I was traveling. I went to the movies. I bought two boxes of goobers because 95% of theaters no longer carry goobers. So when I walked in and I saw the goobers, I said, give me two boxes. And I ate the goobers one by one. I ate one goober at a time. I said, at least I'm not going to overload my system. I'm going to eat one goober at a time. So I had on my five things that I was thankful for. One of them, I was able to eat the goobers. The goobers were just so good to me. I mean, why aren't greens like goobers? That's a good question. That's something I'm going to ask the Lord. Why aren't greens like goobers? I ate those goobers, and I enjoyed those goobers, and I put on my daily report, I enjoyed those two boxes of goobers to no end. And then my good baby tells me, she said, I read your report the other day, and I read where you ordered two boxes of goobers at the theater. And then I read where you were thankful how good those goobers were to you. And then my good baby said, I went on Amazon to order me some goobers. I said, what in the world? Now, if I had had some greens and I'd have put on that, these greens were just, she wouldn't have thought about it. Or why is it? That the bad stuff attracts us so much. And see, the scripture that I read, this was by Paul who talked about the things that this is the man who wrote most of the New Testament. It's where we get most of our theology from the New Testament. This is Paul. And Paul said the very thing he shouldn't do, those are the very things he finds himself doing. And Paul said he was the most devoted of the Jews. And yet he struggles with bad boys. Just as I struggle with those goobers. And my wife said, I couldn't understand it, but Amazon was sold out of goobers. I said, that's the Lord. 
that's the Lord who kept those goobers out of this house because he knew I couldn't resist the goobers and he knew you didn't resist the goobers. So the only way God could keep my household from the goobers, Amazon had not a single goober to buy. You have to know when God is protecting you. So yet, despite being aware of the potential pitfalls, many find themselves irresistibly attracted to individuals with objectionable yet attractive personalities. From their confidence and charm to their unpredictability and sense of adventure, there are many reasons people cite to describe the appeal of these mysterious and dangerous men and women. The appeal of bad boys largely centers on the aura of confidence they exude. While confidence is usually a healthy trait in a potential partner, it is imperative to differentiate authentic self-assuredness from masked arrogance rooted in insecurity. It gets to be all these big psychological words. And basically, bad boys strut. And they have this air of confidence and this air of power. And there's something about it that just draws women. And bad girls. There's something about men know the women no good. Know it. They know they are no good. But there's something about it that that's what Paul is talking about. There's something about it in our sinful nature that is drawn to no good stuff. I remember counseling a woman, oh, this has been 20 years ago, and she was in an abusive relationship. She had gotten all beat up. I counseled, I said, you need to get out of that relationship, no question, get away, yep, yep, I'm going to do it, yep, I'm going to do it, yep, 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 yep. Didn't see the woman for ages. Finally, someone came up to me in church and said, I'm a friend of so-and-so. You counseled her months ago, and she's gotten beat up again. I said, oh, my goodness. She went back to that fella. She said, no, no, no. She didn't go back to him. That's a new guy. She was just drawn to that kind of man. And sometimes there's a whole list of how you get drawn into what's called the love bomb. And then, see, the love bomb from a bad boy, he praises you. He told, oh, baby, you know I love you. <laughs> Ooh, you know I didn't love the ground. You, you know I'm, I'm, I love you, sweetie. And then next thing he's slapping you inside the head. So it creates this kind of psychological sick dependence before you go up and down. It's why people can't get off of drugs because drugs produce the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. So do bad boys and bad girls. You know they're not going to do right. That's why they're bad boys. That's why the sin nature in you is attracted to the stuff. You know they're not going to do right. And yet you're drawn. And this is resonating with somebody right now. Because right now you are involved and drawn and can't understand why you can't get away from a bad boy or a bad girl. It was like that from the beginning. And there are three secrets. I don't even have time to go over all of this. But I want you to listen to Genesis chapter 3, starting at the first verse. The serpent was the shrewdest of all of the wild animals the Lord God had made. 
One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit of any of the trees in the garden? He asked her, hey, 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 hey come here, let me put this in your ear. Did God really say you couldn't eat of any of the trees in the garden? Notice the question. He asked a question that, first of all, he already knew the answer to. And the question was tricky. He didn't say, did God tell you you couldn't eat of this tree? He said, did God tell you that you couldn't eat of any of the trees in the garden? And she answered, of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. The woman replied, it's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God says you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, said the serpent. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it, then gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were opened, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness, so they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. When you're with a bad boy, you're going to end up ashamed and naked. Because they're smooth and they're slick. And you must understand there is a side of the sin nature that is drawn to the ultimate bad boy. And all of us face this stuff. Them goobers look good. They look good. The tree looked good. God has told me clearly, that which is sweet to you shall be bitter to your body. I know that without question. But they look good. But he looked good. Pastor, she looked good. Pastor, she do things that the nice folk won't do. She bad, but she good. And that's part of the problem. She bad, but she good. He bad, but he good. And this is how the negative things of the world get us. And they keep getting us. And we struggle, and we struggle, and we struggle. And we go up, and we go down. And if we fool with the bad side long enough, we end up entrapped. And we can't get loose. And we end up with what the bad boy wants for us, which is to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And you got to understand, Satan is the ultimate bad boy. That's why the Bible says he's the shrewdest of all of the wild animals God has made. Let me put this in modern vernacular and relate it where you can understand how good Satan is. See, he's super good at being bad. He's the ultimate bad boy. He is like LeBron James and Michael Jordan in basketball. He's like Tiger Woods and Jack Nicholas in golf. He is like Mike Tyson, Muhammad Ali, and Floyd Mayweather in boxing. He's like Einstein and George Washington Carver in science. 
He's like Elon Musk and John D. Rockefeller in business. He's like Usain Bolt and Flojo in track. He's like Bishop Dale C. Bronner in preaching. He's good. He's the best of the best. So when you're dealing with world-class bad boy, you have to understand this. You are no match for world-class bad boy. He's older than you. He's smarter than you. He has more power than you. And believe it or not, he knows more scripture than you do. He knows all the scripture because he's been here a long time. He knows more scripture than you. So you're dealing with ultimate brain, ultimate power. And then the Bible says Satan, Lucifer, was an angel of light. See, we get all of the modern folklore, you know, he's all red and got smoke coming out of his nostrils. Big no, 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 that boy was pretty. That was a pretty boy. He was an angel of light. He was the most beautiful of all of the angels. This boy was the equivalent of Billy D in his prime. So you're not talking about no JJ. You're talking about Billy D in his prime. <laughs> so this is what you're dealing with. That's why he's the ultimate bad boy. And it's just hard for you to handle a Billy D in his prime coming up to you to my, hey, baby, you sure look good. <laughs> it's hard for you to handle that. And men, you got your own Ideal, this is what this bad boy is like. And when you deal with this kind of force, you are no match for the ultimate bad boy. And that is why you cannot walk this life by yourself. And that is why you need Jesus on your side. And that is why you have to pray. And that is why you have to ask God. And that is why you have to walk with your hand in Jesus' hand. That is why. Because you are no match for the ultimate bad boy. Now, I think this is the only sermon I've ever really preached about Satan. Maybe one other one. But I don't preach about Satan much. I don't give Satan any doubt or any credit or any power. But I'm not stupid. That boy good. He's got most preachers. Do you realize in the movies it looks like, you know, the evil force can't come in the church? Satan took Jesus to the top of the temple. Not just in the church, he took him to the top. And then showed him all of this, I'll give you all this if you follow me. He took him to the top of the temple. So it's not like Satan can't go into church. When Jesus, when he was here in the flesh, he didn't give any positive statement that I could find to the church at all. At all. So Satan even has so many in ministry. That boy is good. And you can't fight him by yourself. It'd be like me trying to go up now against Mike Tyson in his prime. Now I can go up against him and I can beat him, but not by myself. I'm going to need me. I'm going to need Officer Prophet Dexter. I'm going to need about four or five other men. And then I'm going to still need a shotgun. <laughs> that boy is good. I beat him, but not by myself. You can defeat Satan. 
but not by yourself. And this is why we have to understand our strength in Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. But by myself, that boy too good. That boy too strong. It's too many goobers that I can't handle. And if I can't handle a goober, what am I going to do against Satan? If I can't handle a goober, and some of y'all got goobers, you got stuff that's small but it's big, you can't handle it. What about the big stuff? And that's why Paul, who had written most of it, he said, I'm miserable, I'm a stench. All my righteousness is a stench in the nostrils of God. I am nothing. It's why you have to understand without Christ, we are nothing. And I say we are nothing, Because we become victims of the manipulative, ultimate bad boy whose only purpose is to get us in hell. And once we inhale, there's no coming out of it. It's as simple as that. So what do we do? And how do we fight this stuff? And how do we deal with a being who is so powerful that no flesh can stand against him. We don't depend on the flesh. That's how we deal with him. And we understand that Jesus is my salvation. And in every situation that we face, we pray, we submit ourselves, and we ask God to come into our lives. See, I can't beat Satan, but Satan can't beat me. And he can't beat me because I got God with me. That's why he can't beat me. That's why I don't worry. You've never heard me talking about I'm worried about the devil. Mm -mm. I'm just not. And I'm not worried about the devil because I'm with God. And if I'm with God, the devil cannot, as strong as he is. The oldest book of the Bible is the book of Job. And Job is who we think of when we really think of wilderness and See, he wasn't going through hell. He was going through a wilderness. Big, big difference. And when Job was going through all of that, Satan couldn't touch him without the permission of God. When you are a child of God and walking in God's will, Satan cannot touch you without the permission of God. Now, you might not understand some of God's permissions, And you might not understand his purposes, but if you are walking with God and if you are a child of God, there is a confidence that you walk with that Satan cannot touch me as long as I am walking with God. And I believe that to the core of my being. Don't mean I won't get hit. Don't mean I won't get hurt. But it will not be outside of the will of God. God sent his own son through some tough stuff, but... It had a greater divine purpose and a greater divine destiny. He's the ultimate bad boy. But yet and still, he has no power against and over and with us. As long as we keep our hands in the hands of Jesus, the ultimate bad boy can do us no harm. And I want to just pray over you. It's just been last week dealing with the way addictions. And then we had the prayer cloth anointing. 
Because there are so many of us who are struggling with things. And those things God has told us. He's placed it either through his word or even in our heart. Because none of us are fooling with bad boys or bad girls and you don't know it. You know it. You know it. You know it. You know it. So what you have to ask God for, Lord, give me the strength to get out of this and to stay out of this. Give me the strength to convert my heart. Give me the strength to change. And Lord, if it takes too long to give me the strength, get it out of my way. And God will he'll heed an earnest, sincere prayer. But those things that we struggle with, just like Paul did. And Paul had a thorn in his flesh that no one knew because he didn't detail what it was and he prayed three times for God to remove it. And God says, I'm not going to remove it. I'm not going to remove it because you needed to control your pride. Some of the things we struggle with, God has placed there just to control our pride. He has a purpose for his children. And when you understand that everything in a child of God's life is for a divine purpose, it changes how we view everything. Nothing in my life is good or bad. Even the goobers. Now see, one thing about it, I had those two boxes of goobers. But as I've gotten older, I've had less and less. I'm not perfect. But I hadn't had them goobers in a long, long time. I'm not perfect, but I'm way better than I was three or four years ago. We grow and we transform and we live and we learn. And I just want to pray just for our strength against the bad boys and the bad girls in our life. Because we know what they are. They're not mysteries. Some things are veiled and all this ecclesiastical, theological mumbo-jumbo that we can't understand. You know what your bad boys are. You know exactly what they are. And we struggle with them. And bow your heads. Dear Heavenly Father, I just pray right now. I pray right now that you come into our lives in a greater degree. Hmm. I'm stopping the prayer right there. I'm going to tell you why I'm stopping. I just heard God speak. He said, I'm going to give them one clear sign. I'm going to give them one clear sign, and you better heed that sign. It's just what I heard God speak. So for those of you who are struggling with the bad boy, and some of you may not even be quite sure, he says, I'm going to give you one clear sign. And when you see that sign, don't run the stop sign. When you see that sign that clearly lets you know this is a bad boy. Turn and walk the other way. I'm going to give you one clear sign. And for some of you, that's going to be a turning point because you're going to see that sign and you're going to turn around. And when you walk away once, see, your most difficult walk away is the first one. When you walk away the first time, the second time walking away becomes easier, the third time easier, the fourth even easier, the fifth even easier. I'm going to vow right now, next time I see a bunch of goobers at a 
movie counter, I'm going to walk away. Not one box, not two boxes, not three boxes, no boxes. I'm going to walk away because I know better. He's already given me the sign. See, I ate it, didn't have any after effects from it, but I know sometimes it takes two or three days for that stuff to hit you. But I know. I just got to have the strength to do what I know. So God says with you, he's going to send you one clear sign. Heed the sign and turn and walk away from the bad boy. I'm going to ask Prophet Dexter to close us out for today. For three people out in this audience who've heard me, this is going to be transformational for you. Because you're struggling with that bad boy. Some, it's a literal bad boy. It's a relationship that you're in. Or a bad girl. And you know. You know they're bad. You know they're bad. But they're good. But you know they're bad. And you know they're destructive. And God is I'm going to send you a clear sign. Turn. And walk away. From the bad things. Prophet, if you would. Amen. Come on and give Pastor another hand for just being led by God and his sermons and his messages to us. And I don't know about you, but I heard him in that message. I heard God in the message. We all have goobers. We all have issues. Look at your name and say, neighbor. neighbor. Don't fall for the goober. And me personally, I like raising this. <laughs> and they always call my name in the movie theater. And every time I see them at the grocery store, but I have learned to walk away. My wife asks me all the time, I'll buy a box of raisinets and they'll sit on the shelf for a month. And I may go a whole month, may go two months, and they still say, you're not eating them. Why don't you throw them away? I'm going to eat them. Eventually. <laughs> and then there'll come a time where I eat a quart of them, I eat a half a box, and then I put them back up. But they are my goober. And I know that. So you have goobers in your life. And sometimes it just takes that one time to walk away and to break the cycle. And it becomes easier for us to walk away from it. But I'm going to ask you now, there, Pastor said there were three and there are three that your life will change after this message. But if you know you have in need of Christ to stand with you, you can come now. The doors of the church are open, amen, for salvation, amen, for restoration. Come now, amen. If you have heard during the message, what your goober is or who your goober is come now life's too short to battle with goobers by yourself life's too short to deal with ultimate bad boys or bad girls by yourself life's too short to deal with dependency by yourself 
But this is your opportunity to let Jesus take control of that goober. And you will find that goober does not bother you anymore. That ultimate does not bother you anymore. Whatever it is, as long as you're with Jesus and you give your hand to the master, he will lead and direct your path to prevent you from tripping over the goober. That doesn't mean the goober won't come and show his face every once in a while, but that means you have a buffer. You have a shield and you have protection from the enemy. Amen. Amen. And we're just going to pray. I want you all to be praying with us. As we pray for these three, amen, who have come, amen, knowing that they have goobers that they can't deal with by themselves. And you as a married couple, I want you to join hands because that symbolizes Christ. You are not alone, amen, on this plane. You have a companion, each one of you has each other's back that when goobers and when darts and when swords come that you take up arms for each other that you fight for each other that you cover each other and so now you are double threat to that goober because his goober will affect you and your goober will affect him amen father God we ask right now in Jesus' name, to restore and to reprove and to clean the goobers out of his life. To remove the stain, O oh God. To remove the blemish, O oh God. To open up the windows of heaven, O oh God, and pour a covering of your anointing. To purify, O oh God, even the relationship to let them not think of themselves, but think of each other. And when they think of each other, you will cover them both. God, we thank you that you're in the midst, that you're covering, that you're removing the stain, you're removing the goobers, and you're removing the ultimates from their lives. And for even the ones who are sitting, oh God, who are contemplating the goobers or contemplating the ultimates, we ask that you cover them, send their angels to protect them from the goobers. This hour is our request and this is our prayer to you. For the eight, though we walk in the valley of the shadow of death, we don't live there. And yes, fear may come upon us, but you are with us. For you have anointed our heads with oil, our cup runneth over. And your mercy and everlasting grace shall abide with us hence now and forevermore. As Jesus walked through the wilderness, as we go through the wilderness, we are not alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Amen. If you want to join, amen, this church home, amen, you have enjoyed the ministering 
Amen. The delivery of the messages from our past day, man, you can come now. Amen. If you want to make this your home. Amen. And for those of you who are already home, the messages, amen, what I have started doing, amen, is for a long time now, I take my phone and I take notes. Amen. And I take down the scripture so that I can reference at a later date because God will bring it back to you. And I keep it close to me so that I'm not alone in this journey. That the pages are already written for me. All I got to do is open them and trust in the wisdom and the knowledge and the giftings that God has placed here. Amen. You may stand. We're going to get out of here. Not prolong the time. Amen. Just look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm getting rid of my goober. In Jesus' name. Father God, we thank you right now for your saving grace, oh God. We thank you for your purpose in us. We may not understand it fully, oh God. We may not understand your ways, oh God, but we trust you to move, oh God, when we need to move. To protect us when we need to be protected. To cover us and guide us, oh God. We thank you, God, that the ultimate there has no power as long as we trust you. That the ultimate can do no harm within your sight, oh God. As long as our purpose is in you and our faith is set on the hill of which you sit. In Jesus' name we pray. Let our hearts say amen. Amen. amen and amen. You're dismissed. You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was the message titled, The Ultimate Bad Boy, by Nathaniel Bronner. This message is number 2029. That's 2029. To listen to thousands of free messages, or to send this message number 2029 to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you, and you would like to help support this ministry, go to iwanttogive.com. That's I want to give dot com. Listen to brothers of the word dot com often because brother, you need the word. From brothers of the word.